This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Better. <laughs> Best. <laughs> There's a band called, what is it? Okay, fine, okay, good, great or something. Good, great, okay, fine. <laughs> um, That's how I feel on a regular basis. <laughs> un- unfamiliar. Just moving through those feelings like on a loop. <laughs> yeah. Like I was okay. I'm good now. Later I'll be fine. Yeah. We'll I mean, see. switch it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I noticed something interesting uh, happened to me the other day where I feel like my anxiety is starting to manifest physically and I'm not mentally aware of it. I don't know if this is actually a thing that happens, but uh, my body is reacting like it's nervous or scared. Hmm. Or anxious. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I think that that's probably a thing. Yeah. So I was feeling this, like, I think it's because, you know, New Year, lots of things on on the docket. Mm-hmm. And, like, my brain was mentally overcharged, but it was like, you've got this, you're doing it. But then, like, I started getting shortness of breath and, like, muscle tension. And I was like, I'm, this like, making bad faces. I'm like, what? problematic. Who? <laughs> Um, so in the, in the short term, I took to my simple habit meditation app, which I love, um, and learned a new breathing technique that helped me relax and like just kind of brought the calm down a little bit. So that was really helpful. Nine breaths in and nine out. So you do a nine count. So it's up to nine. You start at nine and then go down eight in, eight out, seven in, seven out. Okay. And then all the way back to one. And by the time you hit one, I was feeling like, okay, I have a grasp. It's like when you have hiccups and you're just trying to, like, not have hiccups anymore. You're super frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, I'm – it's like a reset. And you're, like, back to at least where you're comfortable. level okay. Yeah. (laughs) Fine, good. But then I went to acupuncture and I brought it up to my acupuncturist and she was like – you might be low on iron. It sounds like some of the symptoms you're talking about is like a deficiency. And I was like, well, I have been known to have some anemic tendencies. And luckily I have a blood test coming up for, you know, annual checkup stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, toss that in there. See, these are things that you would not know unless you were going to see a professional on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem is we need access to this kind of information <laughs> at a glance because affordable regular blood tests to make sure your vitamin levels are all at a maximum. Something, right? Because you're always like you're at a 10 and you're like this is a normal thing that I'm doing. All of a sudden you crash, you're like I'm probably just tired and then you go get a blood test or someone professional looks at you and you're like you are deficient in this many areas. <laughs> this is a problem. You're like, oh, so it wasn't just like my brain like crapping out on it's me. Like, oh, it's like there's something nutrients. else going on. <laughs> and I just wish there was a place we could get that like regularly and like accessibly. I agree with you. Because that is incredibly frustrating that you like you did your nine count and that was very helpful. But then like offhandedly talking to a person that arguably not a ton of people go see an acupuncturist Mm -hmm. you know maybe they'll call their doctor but i mean i wouldn't call my doctor for something like that usually no i totally thought it was anxiety based and she was like well next time you have a blood test like just get it checked out and you know make sure you take a multivitamin in the meantime oh (laughs) i was like can do all these new things to add to the list but i think that's what's happening it really was a combination, though. I think there was anxiety in there because the breathing and the acupun- the actual acupuncture session, I felt so much better afterward and felt, like, relaxed again. Well, that's good. So that was positive. So but, there was an outcome. You know, stay tuned for uh, 
blood test results, guys. Seriously. <laughs> we'll be sharing all of them on here. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad there was, like, somewhat of a resolution in addition to knowing that, like, you need to have a blood test done to figure out what else might be going on. But the fact that you knew what you needed in, like, the interim to help come down a Calmate. few. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's really good. What about you? I have, I think when we did our 20-minute workout episode, mm-hmm. we had both talked about Nike Plus um, workouts yes. and how we both have used them and enjoyed them, but I had stepped away from them because I believe it is what somewhat caused my, like, knee issue mm. because I was doing the full, like, 30 to 45-minute workouts. What I've done now is just do, so what I transitioned to doing was lifting and doing some, like, weight-setting kind of stuff and then walking for 30 minutes at like a pretty quick clip. And so instead of continuing to do that, because I didn't feel challenged anymore, I was kind of bored by it, but it was more of a habit that made me feel good. But I was like, you can do more. There's more that Mm -hmm. you can get out of this. And so I started using the Nike Plus workouts again, but just for the like 15 to 20 minute like uh, um, muscle group workouts. So arms, abs, some leg stuff, but not a ton. And so I feel challenged. I feel really good. And I'm sore the next day. And that's a feeling I haven't really had in, in a while. And I'm really enjoying, I'm really enjoying the workouts. It's something different, something new. Um, and I still can get my 30 minute walk in, which I just, like, I just feel good after I do that. And, and so it's great to have found a way to continue to do the thing that I think is good for my body at this point, but also push it just a bit, like just challenge myself just a little bit. Yeah. And I like the Nike workouts too, because they, it like forces you out of that monotony because it's like, we're going to give you whatever you get. Right, right. <laughs> like if you sign up for a specific program or if you're like, I've picked these favorite favorites and then we'll, you know, pick and choose which whichever ones I haven't done. Exactly. Recently. And that's kind of the loop that I've been on. And then I also added a bunch of the yoga ones aspirationally because in my mind I've dropped down from five to four days three during the week, one on the weekends. What I'd like to do is do four during the week and then do one yoga day, like Mm. a restorative, like intentionally restorative, nothing like super heavy flow craziness that my body doesn't want to do right now. I need to throw restorative in my workout. Yeah, just something to come come back to even, something that I, I look forward to all my workouts but I also feel really good after they're done. Mm -hmm. And I think a restorative yoga would be this non-aggressive workout that I can put in there that just brings everything back to center in a different way. So that's like my aspirational. And so I've been scrolling through my favorites being like, someday I'll get to one of you. <laughs> Love it. So I think the other thing too, um, anything that might hurt your knee, mm. swap out a different move. Yeah, I did that with the bear crawls because you know the bear crawls are That's off. Probably what hurt your knee. I think it is because every time I used to try and do it when my knee hurt the first time, it gave out on me. So I don't do bear crawls anymore. I, I try to swap it out with a plank or something else that's going to work the abs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that one's tough if, for some reason. If you don't have full body strength, you're relying on muscles and joints that you shouldn't be relying on. Right. So you're going to fall into something funky. Yeah. And so I always opted out of that. I was like, I'm going to do a plank. I'm going to do mountain climbers. Mountain climbers for sure. And even that one. To at least get the cardio. I I went from doing like, because you know how they're super fast paced when you do them with the app. Well, when I switched to my other type of workout, I was doing like one at a time, (laughs) which is still difficult to a certain degree. But, you know, sprinting mountain climber is definitely more difficult. (laughs) Go for that one. I'm back on that. But Yay! New workout routines. Feeling good. 2019. Uh, what's inspiring you this week, Bron? I am following Farnoosh Torabi of the So Money podcast. If you guys aren't fans, hit her up. She's got great budget. She's great. Tips. Mm-hmm. Um, but I follow her on Instagram, and she recently did a Q&A on her stories. And it was one that... I liked some of the answers that she was giving, so I turned on the sound. <laughs> nice. I can't, have you ever done that where you're like, I wonder what this person's talking about? So. <laughs> Instead of just like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. <laughs> so she mentioned, um, someone had asked a question 
about um, like tips for investing and what resources are available. And she mentioned Stash Wealth. And hmm. I was like, I've heard of this. I can't remember where, but it was probably on another podcast that I listened to. But I looked into it, and it's a group that's particularly focused on um, Henry's, trademarked, if, you, if you're if you interested. Oh, <laughs> High earners, not rich yet. It's an acronym. Oh, I don't think I feel fit into the Henry's category, but maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. But they were all – It they started – it was a group of people who – we're in Wall Street and we're like, we're sick of, you know, catering to this group of super wealthy people when there's this giant group of people who aren't getting, like, they will be high earners one day and they have no idea what they're doing and don't have, a like, a basis of how to even start. Right. Um, because not all of us were born with a trust fund. It's, that's the way it goes. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the initial plan is pricey. It's $997. Woo. Well. Pause for reaction. <laughs> Sweats. <laughs> but that fee gives you a full breakdown evaluating your current situation and giving you a plan and kind of getting everything situated and in place. Um, so they're optimizing your credit cards, getting your student loan situation under control, setting up 401k or adjusting whatever you need to do, stock options, emergency fund, etc. Hmm. You talk through financial goals. They're going to help automate your savings. Obviously, we're not sponsored by them, but I just thought that this was really interesting information to have. But if they want us to be. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Come find us. We'll find you. So basically, they help put together an investment strategy so that while you're in this stage of like, I don't have a ton of money to work with, but I have some, which after the budget episode that we just recently recorded, um, we're both kind of in this place of like, it may only be $50, but I might be investing soon. Yeah. Um, but just trying to figure out how to get your money uh, situation in place. And so I technically have a financial planner locally. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is more so just like a great recommendation for anybody who might be in- interested in a virtual financial assistant um, or financial management options because it kind of covers the gamut of like getting everything situated, figuring out your goals, and then understanding where you can start investing and what that looks like for you. I like that because I think we're seeing more and more of this, right, where it is people that are taking steps to create space for people like them. So you see that with Elvest, mm-hmm. all women. You see that with this. It's it's a specific group of people that they're targeting here. And I think the reason that that's helpful is because you can see yourself as part of that group, potentially. And it helps you have that initial trust that helps you open the door to see what else is out there. And even with the cost of this, I think the same thing about a business planner or a leadership mm-hmm. management type of person. The investment feels like a lot because you're like, what am I really getting? And it's like, well, it's all right here. And if you're kind of touting a product like this, to have those reviews of the way that they've seen their um, their clients or their customers grow either financially or in their business or whatever it is, it helps people see the value of that kind of work and that that initial investment feels like a huge, huge chunk of change, which it is. Um, but you're really thinking about the future, mm-hmm. which is what we always talk about when it comes to budgeting and money and anything like that. Like you're doing it now to plan for the future. Right. And that future self will always thank you for that. So that's that's super cool to think about. Yeah. And so it's an option depending on, you know, what your style is finance-wise of how you want to pay for financial planning, financial advisor type based things. But I like it because it's from the digital sense. Right. So you can take it anywhere. You can, it's not like you have to leave your longtime person if you're moving or something like that. Like it all lives, lives in that space. So that's cool. Options. We like options. What's inspiring you, Sid? (laughs) Well, Brian. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting your <laughs> thoughts. Similarly to you around the Instagram tip, I started following this account um, called Brown Kids, and it's actually somebody uh, named Austin who runs with Whisked and Confused, who's a friend of mine who I am such a huge fan of. She turned me on to this, and they it's a husband and wife minimalist duo who started this feature called Invested, mm-hmm. and it's written 
not like the word invested, which made me click on it faster because it looked interesting and cool and different. And it's, they talk about clothes and money and then like that kind of thing that we refer to as investment pieces. Super, like very much up our alley, I think. And what I like about it, so this is just one part of their entire um, blog and they do a lot about minimalism and this kind of fits into that as a different feature of their whole blog situation. But it's meant to be an intentional conversation around money and clothes and switching the mindset from like, what's the cheapest I can get this to what's the best I can afford. I need this new mindset. It was really, really cool. And again, I'm like you, I'm like clicking through if I'm, I'm, if I got places to be and other stuff that I need to be doing, but this is one story that I have, it happens, it's been happening every Thursday for the last two weeks. And then the first week was just an introduction to what invested is Mm -hmm. and it's all saved on their highlights. Um, but I was super interested because they do an interview with a person who makes um, investment pieces. And so some of it is like introducing you to a line of clothes you might not have known before, but it's also an interview with this person about what that means to different people and of different income levels and why at any income level, this is a thing you want to think about and and do what you can to afford something that's going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I really enjoy it. It's a really good, intentional, thoughtful conversation, both with the wife of the duo, I believe her name is Ro, um, and whoever the designer is that they've interviewed that week. So um, I look forward to more of them because I have been thinking about this a lot more often. I think when we talk about the capsule wardrobe, this always comes up as like the capsule wardrobe isn't just get the clothes the cheapest that you can um, and wear them over and over and over again, but get things that you know are going to last and mix and match and, mm-hmm. and do all these things. So I feel like once you have investment pieces too, where you've like paid to have the wool jacket or yeah. the well-made suit or the whatever it might be, uh, the cashmere sweater, mm-hmm. it's really hard to go back mm-hmm. to the viscous. Yeah. <laughs> Or the polyester. <laughs> so or the true. elastic. Right. Right. Because and you're like, these just don't fit me the same way as a real fabric. And when you're wearing them over one of the first, the first interview that she did, I believe the n- name of the brand was Veta, and that might be wrong, but I think it's V-E-T-T-A. Mm-hmm. And she had bought a um a turtleneck sweater from them and it changes so you can remove the turtleneck you can turn it around make it a cardigan because it's a button-up back so this one piece that she bought that cost a fair amount of money now has become six different outfits for her and I loved that because that's why you do stuff like that that's Mm -hmm. why you buy those pieces and not necessarily everything is going to be transitional that way but as someone, she puts on the blog that she was making like 19000 a year at one point, and she still felt it was important to be very thoughtful about who she was buying her clothes from and how much they cost mm-hmm. and why they cost as much as they did, and that it doesn't need to be astronomical, but it's probably going to be a good chunk of change. So it, it was just a really cool thing to watch. So I'm very thankful to Austin for turning me on to that. She was right, right up my alley. Um, but it was really good. I love that. I mean, check it out. Yeah. So we'll share the Instagram page for for Brown Kids and then in their highlights have all of the invested features. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay, Brown, give it to me straight. What are we talking about this week? All right. Raise your hand if your inner critic has gotten the best of you from time to time. Hands up. Hands up. (laughs) (laughs) So today's the day that we are shutting that down. Uh, We're getting rid of self-doubt and working through ways to overcome negative thoughts and some tactics to silence our inner critics because no one loves negative Nancy sitting on their shoulder telling them that they're not worthy of the great things that they have in their lives. But from time to time, she pops up, she comes up and knocks on her noggin and it's really annoying <laughs> super annoying and it's and it, like i don't want to say that it's annoying for the people around us but when you become aware of the behavior you're kind of like everybody starts to walk away from you <laughs> because they're like oh this again and they might not know what actually is going on but until you can recognize it and then start to figure out how to work with it or work on it mm-hmm. it it is kind of a turnoff yeah 
So are we ready to speak it, Queens? Let's speak it. Awesome. I think we should kick off with identifying why this is happening, like what the inner critic actually is and the problems that it will cause you. (laughs) (laughs) And they are abundant. (laughs) Um, I think it's really interesting because it can come about really in like a naive, helpful, comforting, like, oh, I'm trying to protect you. Again, we used to live in these caveman days. We say this often. Mm -hmm. Anytime these mental crazies kind of get, get after us of like, why is this coming up? when I don't feel like this situation is representative of the life that we're living now. It's Mm -hmm. probably because it's rooted in our DNA. Right. Survival (laughs) mode. Survival uh, and just trying to keep it together. (laughs) Um, Trying to stay alive. So it's really like having those thoughts of like, ooh, let me doubt this for a second or like let me think about the negative thing that happened here because it's a way you're giving yourself some feedback um, or just being aware of the situation or finding a way to keep motivated. So I think that's really interesting because it can be productive in a certain way. For sure. However, if it con- starts to become something that's consistent um, or moves toward the negative often mm-hmm. and you kind of like live in that ne- negative space, that's where uh, I think self- self-doubt is starting to rear its ugly head and really the struggle is that you're replacing positive rewards and thoughts about the things that you're working on and learn what you're learning Mm -hmm. um and moving toward uh punishment which is not great no even that word is awful yeah so you're learning from a, a mistake or you're reprimanding yourself which one sounds like a better option? <laughs> Learning from my mistakes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so the the issue is that you're focusing on what you did wrong um, versus what actually went well and what you can improve upon. And so I think this is a comparison that I that kind of popped into my head um, when we were starting this conversation was like there's a huge difference between saying no to that cheeseburger and telling yourself that you're wanting to eat healthy this is not good for you and it's not going to make you feel good Mm -hmm. and like opt for the salad (laughs) um versus you're a fat cow don't eat that or like even your face is just not nice (laughs) yeah and so like that's not a fun place to live right and if you start doing that in all areas of your life whether it's like physical appearance and you know starting to move body positivity into body negativity Mm -hmm your work, your relationships, that's going to start to compound and lead to stress and anxiety and you're creating fear-based scenarios in your head uh, and we don't want that. Right, right, exactly. At some point, you're just being mean to yourself. Mm -hmm. At some point, it crosses the line from what you talked about, giving yourself some some feedback for things that you know you want to do and things that you're working toward or like, oops, you made a left turn, like... How do we evaluate that and not make that left turn next time to just consistently bringing yourself down? And to some degree, I think we believe that to be helpful. And that is so sad to think about that we need to like kick our own butts multiple, multiple times to to start to feel like, um, like we're making any kind of progress. The other thing to think about is your mind and body are seriously affected by the words that it hears, which is why saying your affirmations out loud is so effective to Mm -hmm. a certain degree. Because when you're saying them out loud, you're using more senses than not, I guess. And you're getting it back after you've said it. So if what you're telling yourself either out loud or in your head have like finalities, negativity or lack of respect for yourself, it will filter into the way that you move through the world and it will start to reflect in your physical, your physicality to a certain degree. So even if it has nothing to do with like your food intake or anything like that, the way you speak to yourself has serious effects. And again, we know the effect that it has on your brain, but think about the effect it has on your body, like the way that you're showing up to other people, Mm -hmm. like slumped over and like cowardly in the way where you're like shying away all the time that, that, that is because 
so much of the time you're talking yourself down and telling yourself like I'm not worthy of this so how how do you present after you've talked to yourself that way yeah and I think that leads really well into being able to identify what you might be feeling in those situations Mm -hmm. because I think when you are dealing with this negative self-talk like living in that space you're going to start feeling doubt often shame guilt worthlessness oh those words are so awful which like it again when you say these things out loud you're like like, you're you're physically like 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 crouching into yourself yeah and i think for me it really comes up in a lot of ways as it relates to perfectionism Mm -hmm. and I really have this strong urge to like not mess things up um, or make mistakes or say the wrong thing. It like makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I'm always trying to like make up for it or, and it's like a little bit of the people pleasing that comes into play. And it's really hard when that compounds because I'm like, I said something stupid and then I dwell on it. And then it lives forever. Yeah. And I have to, remind myself often that everything is fine mm-hmm. and I'm fine. Yeah. And like the things that are in our brains often are, they're lying to us. Yeah. <laughs> so sad that they turn against us that way. <laughs> um, but I think that assuming that other people are thinking certain things without having evidence toward those things is something that's true of being like, well, Rebecca definitely thinks that I'm a bee <laughs> after what I did or what I said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did she tell you that? Or are you just saying that because you feel bad about something that you did that you probably should ask a question about? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> also another way to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> or maybe you're overgeneralizing things. So you're just like blanketing, making a blanket statement, assuming that it's all the real things. Or you're over-exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Perhaps your own flaws. <laughs> amplifying them um and the other thing that can happen a lot of times is minimizing our strengths and the positive qualities that we do have and saying like that those things don't matter Mm -hmm. because this negative thing is let's put more light into that right it's it's like when we talk about how we dwell on the bad things forever but we can't give any time or consideration to the good things that happen ever which when, I still I think about that often now because we've talked about it a fair amount of times both here and in our personal conversations and I'm I'm now actively trying to be like this good thing happened how do you hang on to that good feeling yeah. how do you hang on to that like I you know whatever so I did that thing I met that goal on to the next move that over in, instead to hang on to it and not I, you know, I'm big on celebrations, but not even just like celebrating it, but like actively feeling the good feeling that came with accomplishing that thing. How do we continue to mm-hmm. hang on to that the way that we hang on to all of the bad stuff? Yeah, what I, happens there? It's true because I think it is a little bit of the world that we live in where mm-hmm. it's a constant like, all right. It's like, so you did a good thing. Whatever. Moving do, on. Do a better thing. <laughs> right. And that can lead to this feeling of like, I did a good thing. It, that's not enough. Right. I'm not enough. Right. And then that's exactly where you land in this place where you're like negative Nancy sitting on your soul, shoulder being like, you're not worthy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and she gets louder, which is just sucky. Um, one of the things I was thinking about when you talk about, you know, thinking about what other people are thinking without any real evidence, I recently sent an email to my brand new professor and to ask about the homework that was due or something. And and I thought since we, like, we work in the same place, so I just wanted to be, like, I just want to introduce myself. Like, I'm Sydney. This is where I work and like, my department. Uh, this is why I'm in your class. I'm super excited to be here, yada, yada, yada. He sends back an email that is, like, very, very fine. Just gives me the homework and says, hope that helps. Call it. I stared at my email <laughs> for over a day. No! <laughs> <laughs> and was like, where did I go wrong? Did I come off like a bee? Do I feel like I know what I'm doing? Does he think that I'm this just know-it-all person? And literally in my class, he was like, remind me, remind me what that email was. Tell, tell me again what you said, Matt. 
<laughs> so, literally in remembrance. <laughs> and so that's that, a terrifying thing to happen. You're right. like, oh, you have not thought about this since it happened. <laughs> I have not stopped. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> exactly. And you sit there and think, of course he thinks that I'm this person now. Didn't even remember who I was when I came into class. And you're a pretty memorable person. I like to think so. (laughs) You get a lot of waves in public. Right. But it was the reminder of, and it hit me like a ton of bricks when I was sitting there and he said what he said. And he, he wasn't saying it to be rude. He was genuinely being like, I don't remember what that was. Can you remind me? And instead of me taking that as a moment to be like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> that that's normal. Why why would he? He's a thousand other things and a thousand other students. And I think there's this moment where I'm like, well, why do you think you're so special that he'd remember you? Like, and so you go down the rabbit hole very very quickly, and like one begets the next, begets the yeah. next. Uh, but it's that reminder of like no one is thinking about that thing nearly as much as you are, and if they are, then that is not your problem. Yeah. So it, it just like you saying that reminded me so much of that moment because it just happened. So funny. <laughs> and I was like, I worked really hard on that email <laughs> to make it sound professional yet like respectful and all those things. Anyway, I think the other thing, <laughs> that's my nugget that's around that. so funny. <laughs> totally been there. Totally. Totally. And the next day someone's like, I didn't, either I didn't read that, I deleted it, or or they're like, what was wrong? What are you talking about? Um, Around the what are you feeling conversation, that should feeling comes in so hot when it comes to the negative self-talk. And I think that doesn't even feel like inherently negative, but it feels like you're pushing yourself to a space and you're letting the should mentality take over so strongly. And it's the, I should be better at this. I've been doing it forever. I should be eating healthy because so-and-so. And that feeling starts to wear on you. That feeling starts to like tear away at anything that you've tried to build or, um, and it's what we talked about. So many people say, like, you're shooting all over yourself. Mm-hmm. And the it's, it's what we talked about right in the beginning of the physical reaction to that kind of language. You don't even realize it's happening. But you're, like, you're folding in on yourself. You're making excuses for yourself. You're not living to your full potential because there's always a pedestal that you should mm-hmm. be reaching toward. And that's where that should feeling comes really strongly into play. Um, I think that there's also this I deserve mentality. Like, I deserve that awfulness because of what I did at some point in my life. Like, I deserve to feel this bad about this thing that happened to me. And I feel like there's almost this, like, self-deprecating thing that we might have a tendency to do. Whether we realize we're, like, screaming for help or not. Some people, I'm sure, do this out of some kind of, like, reach for attention but even if someone is doing that out of a reach for attention you should sit back and ask why that's happening or if you are doing it yourself maybe ask yourself why am I so why do I need this attention so bad like what Mm -hmm. is what's going on that I feel like I need to have that I deserve um to feel so bad kind of a conversation all the time or even some of the time um it's kind of worth looking into that a little bit, diving below that surface level, even if it's scary and awful and you really don't want to, think about all that could be um, on the other side of that. If you're feeling like your negative self-talk is starting to have that effect on your work and home life, you're probably right. And I think, again, we think this is just a thing that affects us alone. So true. And we're just like, this is a thing that I have that I'm dealing with on my own. It's no one else's thing. It's just mine. Or it's just like my close circle of friends thing and, and, and ours and not anywhere else. But especially at work. If you don't realize how much you're doing it, you might also not realize that it undercuts any authority you might have in a room. So So true. I didn't think about this at all. And this author named Margie Margie Worrell, she calls this out-of-power language. And it's when you talk down or make excuses and second-guess yourself. And all of that starts to be like... The other people that are around you are sitting there being like... do they not know what they're talking about? Are they unsure of themselves? So should I not be sure of them? And it's this chain reaction that happens. And so even doing it, even if for you, 
it's a second priority, which it should be the first priority. But even if it's not for you, for the people around you to realize what your negative self-talk is doing um, and how it might affect your position in your workplace or in your home, in your home life or anything where you're around other people who respect and admire or, or want to be around you, it starts to kind of like shake that ground. Yeah. And it ends up feeling like, like your energy ends up becoming like you dim your light. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and people see it and they notice it and they can see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting when it happens. And like everybody has their moments, but once it becomes a continuous thing, that's when it's scary to be around because you are literally pushing people away because you're talking to yourself in a way that makes you less than. Exactly. Exactly. And I saved this quote the other day when I was reading Fast Company. Quote, when you doubt your power, you give power to your doubts. Chills. Diane von Furstenberg. Oh. Queen. Queen of the rap dress <laughs> every time. Um, but I, f- I saved that because, and I literally cut it out of the magazine and put it on my bulletin board right on my desk. Nice. Because I feel like that's a thing that can be easily remedied mm-hmm. of like i'm just telling myself that i don't have power i have power right i am in control right i choose every single day what i'm doing how i'm doing it what i'm talking about how i say it and think about like what you just like i'm sitting across from you so i can see it but like what you physically did even just when yeah, you said shoulders that back. and like if anybody knows pam sherman out there doing like all of the things all of the time she does this power stance thing Mm -hmm. and she'll like post photos of her doing it and she is unbelievably incredible but you do your power stance and it feels dumb but you gotta do it and saying saying your stuff out loud while doing this pose like it straightens up everything else Mm -hmm. and you actually feel like you have your power back you're a star you're a star (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I I encourage everyone to do a power stance. But that kind of goes into tactics to overcome negative self-talk. Yeah. Let's put that inner critic to bed. Yeah. Nap time. We can do that. No, just forever. Coffin. <laughs> Nail it. <laughs> Nail it close. Went dark. We went real dark. <laughs> um, okay. This is common for a lot of things, but take notice. Mm-hmm. When it happens or when you feel yourself living in this space, acknowledge it. Take the time to either say it out loud, say the thing that you're feeling or the thing that you're saying to yourself out loud or write it in a journal. I think this is helpful too because you can track when these things are happening and see like, oh, I had a really big meeting. Oh, I had a really big meeting. Oh, I had a really big meeting. (laughs) That feels like a pattern. (laughs) I get really nervous and stressed out and doubt myself when I have to talk to my superiors. (laughs) (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? What can I do to remedy these things? So I think that taking the time to remind yourself that your critic is not you is really important. Separation. Distance yourself. It's literally like... Call it negative Nancy if you want. Oh, give them like a really awful like uh, name. <laughs> I think of Debbie Downer from uh, SNL. How <laughs> <laughs> she's just around. And, and Rachel Dratch trying not to laugh. She's so she... <laughs> funny. Oh, she's so funny. Um, but the thing is that this person that is talking to you is a figment of your imagination. It's like the worst imaginary friend you will ever have. <laughs> yeah, it's just so mean all the time. It's your own internal bully. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I really encourage you to give that person a name so you can, like, do the separation, yeah. too. Because I feel like that would help, right? Giving I that th- person an identity of some kind. Be like, shut up, Sue. Yeah. But don't take it in a weird way where, like, <laughs> it seems like you're talking to yourself and people get concerned about you. That could go down a bad path, too. Just write letters to Sue. <laughs> yeah. and be like, get off my back back sue and start mailing them to yourself (laughs) really upsetting me today (laughs) but again then all that's left beyond sue is the happy positive working towards success person that's what we want yes is the real you yes which is the things that you do and the success that you just exude every single day absolutely Um, I think another thing is just asking questions that will make you feel better and help you grow. 
versus like taking it down the negative path. So think to yourself, like, what's one good thing about this situation? Mm -hmm. Maybe something really did not go well. Like, you actually failed. But you can stay laying on the ground for the rest of your life, or you can get up and figure out how to learn from it or do something new and different or just say, what have I... What have I learned from this situation that I wouldn't know otherwise? Yes. And it's really easy to say that when everything's okay. But coming up with a a way to remember that when things are not okay, when they're really not okay, and you might have made like a serious misstep, where where can that reminder live either with a person or with a thing that hangs on your wall? Like where can that be where you don't forget that when you need it most? Right. Super important. I think that's for for all the supportive friends out there and partners. Remember that. Yes. Be the one to ask the question mm-hmm. too if someone needs reminding. For sure. Another thing you can do is talk to yourself about um, the positives of the situation and that your thoughts aren't always your reality. Um, is I think the question too is what I'm saying an exaggeration? Mm-hmm is really important because that gives you the chance to acknowledge like I think I might be taking this to another level Mm -hmm. or like I'm really focused on my flaws right now or like is that really true Mm -hmm. is it always this thing right or always this way um so as long as you're aware of your feelings and not thinking about it as like I need to fix this or Mm -hmm. solve this problem it's like I'm feeling this way and like let's navigate this well, and I think when it comes to the, is what I'm saying an exaggeration, sometimes it's easier to say that to ourselves when we come out of it and we're a little clear-headed, but it takes like a really good or close person to you to look at you and be like, are you exaggerating? Because that's a scary point to be at as the friend or the partner or the, the family member to like come like come at them in a way that like, is like challenging It sounds like. where they're at, <laughs> but like... I, you know, if there's a person that is that close to you or you are that close to that person, maybe having the conversation when it's not at a 10 and saying like, hey, I've noticed sometimes like it feels like you're kind of, you know, you're jumping off the deep end a little bit when it comes Mm -hmm. to this stuff. When, when it happens, is it okay if I ask you these questions to help us work through it together? Like having those conversations sometimes when it's not at that high point. It's a fair point. Helps getting, getting comfortable is, is, uh happening at that point too yeah and that's why you need to think like a friend yeah you do when these things happen to you Mm -hmm. would you talk to me the way that my inner critic never nance is talking to me (laughs) not in a thousand years (laughs) and when you think about that and you say it out loud like you're stupid and like you sucked at that meeting and everyone thinks you're dumb like you are like frowning at those words (laughs) if someone said that to me seriously i have no idea what i would do i think i i don't even think i'd start crying i'd be like are we friends (laughs) and so like if you think about that like you finished that meeting and you told yourself that Mm -hmm. that's crazy that is crazy it's mean it is mean so stop doing that (laughs) stop those thoughts in their tracks (laughs) you can do it um I have heard some people break bad habits by snapping a rubber band on their wrist. That seems, you know. That that seems like it runs into the the punishing. Seems a little (laughs) risky. But apparently it works. So that's an option if you need something. It's like a reminder of like you're doing it. Right. You're doing it. Right. Um, It's not like an aggressive. You can just do like a little snap. tap, tap. Yeah. Um, Or people do like they have a hair tie and they pull the hair tie up on to the other because it's just it's all about awareness of like oh you're doing it and if you do that often you're like oh that's a good actually i like that one i like that one the switching of the hair ties yeah um another thing is thinking of a stop sign in your mind Mm -hmm. or letting negative thoughts float away in a cloud or a balloon like uh figuratively figuratively literally (laughs) stack of helium balloons in my office anybody need one letting go of negative thoughts anybody i got balloons for you keep them coming that would be funny 
That no. would be a good exercise. In your, it would be a good exercise to like, you know, the physical reminder. And I like how I said figuratively to the cloud. <laughs> like, here's your cloud. The internet cloud. <laughs> you can let it go. Um, that's funny. No, but apparently this is like, it's a, it works for anxious thoughts too. That makes so sense. So if you're, you're like, I'm feeling this thing, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Kind of like meditation in a way too. You're mm-hmm. like, I see this thought and I'm letting it pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, the visual. Very visual nice. is helpful. Very nice. I also think that gratitude journaling comes in really well here because you're taking the chance and the time to remind yourself of all the good in your life. And then you can start the next day in a positive tone. Like maybe it was a crap day. Yeah. And it, you just feel like poop. Sometimes you need to like soak in that for a minute. <laughs> Another great visual. great visual. Awesome. <laughs> like, maybe it's one of those things where you say to yourself, like, I'm going to live in this negative thought and just kind of, like, sit here for a while. Yeah. And this is all the time I'm giving it. Tomorrow, I'm not thinking about this at all because it's a fresh day. It's a fresh start. This is not part of Tomorrow. my future. Yep. I'm experiencing it. I'm feeling it. I'm living in it. I'm acknowledging it. I'm going to pass it by. I'm going to be like, I don't, need, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. I think that's good because unless you do sit with it for at least some time, some of the time, um, it does continue to manifest unless you've given it that time it needs to really like work through it and not obsess over it, but, but really like be aware of what it was, how it made you feel, why it sucked so bad that you don't want that to happen again. And then having that fresh start either later that day or the following day, Mm -hmm. it gave, you gave it the space that it needed to to live a little bit. And I think that's important for people. I'm raising my hand here who have in the past had a hard time, uh, feeling feelings. Yeah. So sometimes you got to live with it and be like, why is this happening? Right. Instead of like push it down. Yeah. Aggressively. Cause the push down is the worst. Yeah. And it will, blow up yeah. internally you will implode <laughs> serious bloats <laughs> i always think this conversation is where the shine community is just nails it every mm-hmm. single time so shine text we've talked about them before they're so great but they have a number of resources on combating negative self-talk talk i kind of want to say like self-taught but it's self-talk Issues for another but day. There are, <laughs> there are a few that stand out because there are some that I really wouldn't have considered before and things that were kind of like new to me, new frontier kind of stuff. So the I will versus will I. And I was like, that's weird, isn't it? And and what it talks about is basically giving yourself the choice. With the I will, it reads like a chore list. And a to-do list and it gets a little stressful and you're kind of like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I fit another thing on that list? So I will do this is, is all well and good. But when you switch it to the will I, it allows you to answer with energy and enthusiasm. Will I work harder on this task? I will. Hmm. And hopefully that mindset change, again, gives it some life and gives it some energy versus like, like I will do this thing like please help me do this thing mm-hmm. and it, it like is a push and a force and and having the like will I work harder on this and sometimes the answer is like no I will not work harder on this today I need to leave it for another day but giving yourself that like option and that choice is is kind of it, like we talked about it gives you your power back yeah it it empowers you and allows you to move forward on your own terms the other one is tell tell yourself I can do better and, you know, not to be mean or in a punishing way, but in the honest way. I think sometimes we, when we talk about the subject and the negative self-talk talk and how to remedy it or get, make it better, I err on the side of like, let me be very um, easy on myself. And I think there's a difference between being easy on yourself and giving yourself like what you... Um, what you know you're capable of yeah, and saying like, you can do better. You can do better. And again, like, I think it goes back to the thing that we were talking about earlier with your friends saying like, Hey, are you exaggerating this a little mm-hmm. bit? And, and having that honest conversation, like, can I, can, I can do better. I just can. 
And it doesn't have to be followed with like a you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah. Because that's where you're like, you're taking the time to acknowledge the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. versus like, I'm living in this exaggerated space of your own world that you've created. Right, right, exactly. And I think this is one where if your friend is saying like, you can do better, I think it's not saying you can do better. It is you can be better. Mm -hmm. You are better than this. You can overcome this. Take the space and time you need to feel it, but you can do this. You are better than this. And sometimes it's like, again, that reframing of the same type of um, statement, but who it's coming from changes the way it comes across. And especially, I know that if I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I can do better, that would be hugely empowering for Mm -hmm. a person like me because I'm sitting there just down and um, angry with myself and self-pitying and and it it becomes a cycle and then when you really think about it you're like I can do better and then you do yeah and like giving yourself the freedom to enjoy that learning curve of like you're not going to be perfect at everything the first time around we're all growing and I think that's why we're having this conversation today is like this is a work in progress and like I'm 30 and I still do this. It's not like something that you wake up one day and you're like, I'm, like, I'm an adult boom. and I don't have to think about this anymore. It somehow has gotten worse as I've aged. Right. So uh, that's why you have to think about this and acknowledge these moments of like, yeah, say that to yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I can do better mm-hmm. because we can improve. Very powerful. The old faithful always is reframing problems as opportunities. And when you're in that negative space, talking to yourself, punishing yourself to a certain degree, I think that tactic, we've talked about it a thousand times, we've talked about it today, when you have had your time to feel it fully, reframe whatever you think went wrong, or if nothing went wrong, then go back to the way that you handled it and the way that you talked to yourself in that moment, the way you exaggerated the situation potentially, and what is the opportunity within that to do something different next time? Because we all know it's not one and done. It is always like, this will definitely happen again. So what can I do differently next time that will create a better space for me to come out of it from. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's it. (laughs) The end. (laughs) I mean, how do you take steps to be the person that you want to be? Yeah. And recognizing that that negative self-talk is not doing you or anyone around you any favors and understanding that while it is difficult and it is hard work like anything that we talk about here the tactics that we talk about are all like work in progress like for sure full picture (laughs) but it's it's all things that if we've got people on our team if we've got family members that love us if we have uh, a partner or someone that can look us in the face and, and talk us through all of this not fun stuff then we will be better yeah i think we have work to do and we can be better we sure can shall we break let's break feeling like a queen yet find us on instagram and twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com see you next week